Well, good morning again, everyone, and welcome to another week of a Heart for Scripture Bible reading with your church family. And as part of your reading this week, you are going to read the first three chapters of the book of James. And I'd like to highlight a couple of very significant things in, in that book. Bible scholars tell us that James, the God-inspired author of this little letter, is not the disciple that you read about in the Gospels, but he is actually the brother of our Lord Jesus, who we first encounter in Acts chapter 15, where he is the leader of the, true, the, the, the church in, in Jerusalem. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine being the brother of Jesus Christ? It just must have been so very interesting growing up. And we know that Jesus' brothers, they, they at first did not believe him. They did not believe in him. In fact, at one point they, they thought he was crazy. But this man, the author of the book of James, is a changed man. So that we read in James chapter 1 and verse 1, he, he calls himself a servant, really a slave of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's not boasting about the fact that he was the Lord's brother. He's very humble uh, before his Lord and Savior and his brother, Jesus Christ. And he is serving the church and, and writing this letter to Christian people who are scattered uh, about the world of that day. James has been called the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's a collection of wisdom for the Christian life that James lays out for us very plainly. Now, much has been said about the supposed tension between the writing here in the book of James and the writing of the apostle Paul. It has been said that James focuses primarily on works that people do, while Paul focuses on salvation through faith in Christ. And I think this really is unfair to both writers. Uh, commentator Doug Moo says, James by no means has a sub-Christian or sub-Paul view of faith. In fact, James and Paul appear to be in complete agreement. For example, Paul, in the famous words of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, talks about faith working through love that secures the inheritance of God. Paul dedicates major sections in each of his letters for instructions in Christian behavior. And James goes beneath the surface in his writing. In, in James 4, for example, he talks about the importance of the heart. So another commentary uh, says that James is all about faith and wisdom coming to life through action. So trust in God. It, it can't be compartmentalized in life, but, but trusting in God and having faith in God has implications for everything that you do in life. And this is what James is writing about in this letter. James writes about how to live the Christian life. Now, one very famous example comes in chapter 3 where he talks about the tongue. That is the way we speak to one another. He teaches us that we must beware of wicked words, but also that we can enjoy godly conversation. 
we must beware of, of wicked, wicked words. There is danger in, in the way we speak. There can be danger. And James uses this wonderful illustration in verse 6 of James chapter 3. He says, the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Now that's an interesting phrase because Christians often think about the world being out there. The world is where bad stuff is. But here James is saying, there's a world of unrighteousness right here in your mouth when, when you are speaking, or at least there, there, there can be. The tongue, when it is used for evil, when, when it's used with mean words, it is, James describes, set on fire by hell. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. That's in, in verse 8. So we know that, that words can be hurtful, but have you ever considered how much our enemy the devil loves cruel, meaning rude, unkind, hurtful words? A, a, a lifetime of friendly relationships can be undone by a short conversation when the wrong words are used. So the tongue, words can be very dangerous. But this doesn't mean we need to be afraid to, to talk. In fact, we can enjoy godly conversation. Now, James is, is, is teaching us this. He uses some illustrations. He says in verse 11, Can a spring have salt water and fresh water? And at the end of verse 12, Can a salt pond yield fresh water? The beginning of verse 12, Can a fig tree bear olives? So, God is is asking us, if we profess to love him, can evil words come from our lips? James challenges us to watch our mouths. He says we can tame animals, that's in verse 7, but in verse 8 he says no human being can tame the tongue. Now this may be true, but we do have the help of our Almighty God with whom all things are possible. He has made us born again. He has given us new life. He's given us a new heart. And He can give us a new tongue to use as well. Our tongue can be used to do mighty things, good things, glorious things in this world. Remember, words make a difference, so use your words for good in this world. Words don't have to be bad. Proverbs 25 says, Words aptly chosen are like 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 apples of gold and settings of silver. Proverbs 15, a soft answer turns away wrath. With the help of our Lord, we can build one another up with words. So listen before you talk. When you talk, talk about God. When you talk, talk about the good things in the world, in your life, or the person you're speaking with. Use your tongue to acknowledge your concern for another person's needs. Doesn't mean you have to solve everyone's problems, but it does mean you can use your powerful words to build people up in the Lord. So this week, listen carefully to James, the Proverbs of the Old Testament. Ask God to help your life. Ask God to help you put your faith into action. Enjoy reading. <music>